Thank you for tuning in to Mocha Speaks. It's time for a real conversation. Speak your mind, speak your truth. Episode, you will listen to AADM, the Athens Anti-Discrimination Movement Roundtable Discussion Part 1. Does racism exist more or less in America today? We will also play my favorite game, American Myth or Fact. Did Betsy Ross design the first American flag? Hmm. You will also get to listen to some of my favorite conscious hip-hop tunes. So sit back and listen. It's time for real conversation. I gotta carry him. Yeah, yeah, I'ma go into this. Yeah, yeah, this is Gorilla. Yeah, yeah, I'ma go get the bag. Yeah, yeah, or I'ma get the pad. Yeah, yeah, I'm so cold, like, yeah. Yeah, I'm so dull, like, yeah. We gon' blow, like, yeah. What I'm whipping up, look how I'm geeking up. I'm so pretty. I'm on Gucci. I'm so pretty. I'm on get it. Watch me move. This is Sully. That's a tool. On my Kodak. Black. Ooh, know that. Ooh, 
America. I just checked my follow and listen. You, you motherfuckers owe me. Science Temple of America and founder of the Morris Society. I too shall be participating in this program monthly, the AADN. I am Jason Obama and I'm an intern here, but I'm also a rapper, you know. That's really it. Go to <laughs> Hi, I'm Jody Barnes. I'm collaborator in chief for 14 Words for Love. And I'm also part of AADM on the board and a volunteer. And I also work with Georgia Conflict Center. So one of the first questions that I will ask is, has America become less or more racist since the civil rights movement, the 1964 civil rights movement? Well, I know at one point you posed the question, um, is racism different now than it was you know, pre-civil rights movement? And um, I thought about it a lot, and I think, I don't know if racism was a thing for the civil rights movement. It didn't seem like it was more racism. It seemed like it was a way of life. Then it wasn't wrong, necessarily. It wasn't looked down upon. It was common. It was so common that laws and legislations and acts had to be passed in order for people to do normal things, such as vote and go to school and, and drink out a certain um, water balance. And it was so commonplace that like National Guards had to be called in to enforce those laws um, and those le legislation. So it seemed like prior to, it wasn't considered racism. It was considered normal, you know? Um, this is what white people do. This is what black people do. This is where white people live. This is what black people, it was just normal. Now, with all of the legislation and laws, and it's not so commonplace anymore, so we think it's starting to come out even more. They don't feel the need to kind of hide it or, you know, cover it up in any way. It's just more, it's like, okay, it's, it's cool again. It's okay again. It's acceptable again for me to say, I hate this movie. I would say that, I wouldn't say that, 
people have become more or less racist, but I think that now there is a platform for people to be able to be as open as they were back in the 1960s. Um, I've heard people from, I guess, my parents' generation where they grew up and they were went to college in the 90s, and they look at me and say, I can't say that I know how to do what you all do with on a regular basis anymore because it's not the same type of scenario, it's not the same situation, it's not the same environment. And that people have become so comfortable and so complacent with being able to be, I guess, racist and be prejudiced towards a certain group of people. Whereas it wasn't like that back in the 90s, yet it was back in the 1960s. So I feel like there was a period of transition where people became quiet about their racism, but now it's starting to become more loud and that people are more comfortable. I kind of agree with that. I think that um, uh, racism still exists, um, maybe even more insidious now. I think people. I moved to I moved south um, uh, 10, 20 years ago, and I met a, a gentleman I was working with who told me that he was not racist. He had didn't have a racist bone in his body, but he knew the blacks were this way. They were not as good as us whites, and, and he didn't consider that racism in his mind. That was just the way things were, and I think uh, the leadership in this country is. Uh, preying on the uh, weaker minds in our society to uh, to increase uh, that division in our in our humanity. Uh, I think that's we need to be aware of that. I think it's uh, a bad thing. Yes, um, I believe that it's not better, worse. I believe that racism is. And as has been echoed already, this current administration has given people license to express themselves in a way that they may not have expressed themselves five or ten years ago. Encouraging. Oh yes, definitely, definitely encourages it. We've seen incidents, and we see them all on the news all the time, whether it's Charlottesville, whether it's a Walmart parking lot. Um, I believe an incident happened at a Kroger, I forget which state. So the vitriol that's coming from the top is trickling down to the bottom. And it's not necessarily for the purpose of racism, it is for the purpose of keeping a political base together. But it is interpreted at the bottom as I can be this way now. So I'm gonna act out, uh, we have people mailing bombs to CNN. All of these are overt acts of racism. And I don't believe that it has ever went anywhere. I believe that it is the same from, it's, it's hard for me to say day one. I've done some study into the history of slavery in the United States. And the first I believe it was the first 19 or the first 21, I always get it confused, that came over in 1619, so it was the first 21. These were not people that were dragged over here in chains and dragged from Africa. These were bond servants that came over here and they worked a term of years, five to seven years, and after their term of service, they were able to purchased land, they were married in Jamestown, Virginia, Christian churches. They were able to 
Christian and baptize their children in these churches. So there comes a point in, I, I want to say the 1640s or 1650s, where certain laws started to be passed uh, forbidding quote unquote Negroes to possess any types of firearms. And from that point on, things uh, devolved in 1681. And I'm going to get to that part later. I just want to give some context. In 1681, we get a new term, white people. Before that time, people of European descent merely called themselves Christians or English. There was no white people at this time. But I'm, I'll get into that aspect later. But I believe that, because I want to kind of correct myself when I say it was always there. I know that there was a period in this history, in, in the history of this country, where there was some equality. And um, one of the men, um, he changed his name to Anthony Johnson. One of his servants escaped and the next door neighbors tried to claim him. And he being a, a person of, as they say, color, he was able to go to a court and sue his next door neighbors and win back his servant. So this inequality was not always present from colonial America to where we get into our constitutional phase up until this point right now. So I just wanted to clarify that part. Um, I think personally that, um, I think racism is still, you know, still a thing. I don't necessarily think it's uh, gotten better or worse per se, but I do think that um, the, the oppressed minority group of people have grown and progressed in how they combat this racism. I think there's progress in that because I know um, the mindset maybe even in like the 19, um, even the 1940s, 1950s, I know um, not a lot of black people were being told like that they were, they could go seek professional jobs and be doctors or lawyers. But I see, you see that now that like, some of our best doctors, lawyers, any professional job have minority black people at those positions. And so um, we have, we had our first black president. I'm not even gonna say that's progress, but that's evidence really of just what black people are capable of doing. And I think it's more, more prevalent and more identifiable now than it may have been like around the 1964 you know, civil rights era. So for me, there's a difference between prejudice and, and racism or being racist. I think as human beings, we prejudge, you know, and, and on the basis of what we, each other looks like. So there's definitely that. And I'm not trying to skirt the issue. Um, when it comes to racism, it's a belief, I think, I, I agree with Greg, of, of superiority. Right? Whether you're able to say that, to articulate that or not, you feel that way. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's alive and well, unfortunately. Being born in 1959, I was a kid, but I, I went through the 60s and the fire hoses and Martin Luther King's assassination and Bobby's assassination and all that which made absolutely no sense, but my parents were hopeful with the 64 Act, Civil Rights Act, and other acts that followed that, um, you know, that will le level the playing field. And I guess without taking a lot of time, what I keep coming back to as we go around the circle this first time is, you know, laws are really important. 
the, the lawyers and doctors and, and opening up professions, but have those laws really made us get to know one another, live next to each other, worship with each other, be there for each other? You know, I live close to the Iron Triangle, and it's just sickening to me that we can't, in this land of plenty, right, that we can't come together as a community and make it a real community where people have the education they need, the hope they need, the resources that they need. So I'll get off that soapbox, but I did want to mention the, the segregation thing. We still are highly segregated, and I do think that our leadership so unfortunately and tragically fuels all that fire.
back and at it because it was legal and the laws and stuff made it okay and everybody was functioning that way. And I can remember Michael Thurman, I went to, um, he spoke at a dinner. And he spoke about, he can remember a time when he was walking down the street in Athens. And I guess um, someone said a racist slur. And quote unquote, don't get me, you know, exactly. Like, but they said a racist slur and his mom was like, you know, ignore him, just look down. Don't, you know, don't acknowledge him. And that was the way of life. And it became the way of life. And so now it's like, Back to you, did the laws make it better? Did the 1964 Act make it better? Or did it make it worse? Because um, it would seem like um, maybe now looking at it like those laws made it become more hidden because it's illegal now. So it never went away and now we're functioning under the radar not breaking the law, but it's not making us engage and be better people. Anybody wants to build on that? Just a, a note that Dr. King was received a lot of um, criticism about the changes he was trying to make in our culture and our society, and he, uh, you know, said that the we can pass laws. People were saying, "Well, you can't pass laws and make people love you. We can't change people's hearts." And he said, "Well, we can't change people's hearts. We can't make them love us, but we can keep them from lynching us." That's what the laws were about. That's what Dr. King said. All right, so um, what does racism look like today? Back in the days when it was legal, I mean, um, there's people that are still alive, that elders that are still alive, that remember the water holes, that remember the dogs, that remember the segregation to the point that there's nothing you can tell them to make them believe that um, white people are okay. You know what I mean? It's like, don't trust the white man. Never, you know what I mean? And then there's um, people from the white community that always looks down on um, African-Americans and minorities like thugs and, you know, so that just goes through our history where we're a threat. We're, we're gonna hurt people, we're gonna do some kind of criminal harm. So what does racism look like today? And if, before you begin, I want you, to define what does racism mean to you? What does racism mean to you and what does it look like today? For me, in a word, racism is hate. I'm sure, of course, the definition of racism is, is more complex than that, but the root of racism for me is hate. Uh, what does racism look like today? When you were speaking of you know, the water hoses and the dogs and stuff, it made me think of the Woolworths counter. I remember Woolworths being down in, in um, Beachwood and um, that being kind of like a, you know, I, I was born in 76, so I wasn't around necessarily for, you know, that, but I knew that there was something important about Woolworths. Like, I still remember where it was and stuff like that. And the Woolworths back then is the Starbucks today. That's what racism looks like today. It looks like barbecue Becky and, and all these random people calling the police on black people for living and breathing and doing normal things. Um, it looks like our president saying things like, you know, what happened in Charlottesville and both sides were wrong, you know, stuff like that. And it's looking today more and more complex, more and more okay, more and more um, accepted. 
for me, I would say that racism is the discrimination of people based on the color of their skin. But more deeply than that, it's become like complacency, um, particularly for my generation. And I say that because one quote that I live by from Dr. King is that the tragedy of people is not the oppression and cruelty by those that are bad, but the silence over that that are good. And that when you sit there and you can see people being oppressed, and you can sit there and you can watch and you can remain silent, then that makes you racist in itself because you are not doing anything to fix it. You're not doing anything to facilitate that change and you're comfortable sitting there watching it happen. And I feel like that's definitely where people have directed themselves today and that the idea is, oh, well, somebody's gonna fix it. You know, somebody can handle it. It's not, it doesn't have to be me. But the moment that you realize that you can take that action, that's when you start to see it go away. And I feel like that's not something that we have realized as a generation. Are you talking about the younger generation, you think? Yes. Um, give us a age span. Um, I would probably say millennials, so <laughs> 19 to 25. Okay. And even children that are younger than us, just because they haven't seen that example yet. Or at least not enough. Do <laughs> you think there's a detachment between, um, I would say, like, um, you know the comment that Lil Wayne made about, um, you know, for say Black Lives Matters because he lives a different life. Do you think that? Um, do you think that your age really believes that racism exists on that level? To even hear Lil Wayne say like, "What is a Black Lives Matter?" It's like that's not that's not his reality. You know what I mean? That's not his reality. So it's like a disconnection between the elders that suffered and went through it and fought for us to get rights and the youth understanding that history. How big of a disconnection do you think it is? Like, how far away? Really far away or a little bit? Like, you know, on a scale of one to 10? Um, I really don't think the disconnect is that far. Um, on a scale of one to 10, I guess I would say six. Um, just because I feel like in ways our generation can relate to what they went through. Of course, we didn't go through the exact same experiences, but there are similar things that are happening now that people are not necessarily seeing because it's more implicit. Back then, it was very explicit racism, like, oh, you're calling me the N-word. You're spraying me with a water hose. You're beating me. But now it's more implicit in that, oh, it's coming through my politics. It's coming through the laws that are around me. It's coming from the slightest things that people say, the microaggressions. Mm -hmm. So I really don't think it's that far off. I just don't think people have like woken up to realize that it's not that far off. Okay. As it relates to... America. Uh, for me. Vibes and now get on. Is that real? Yo, why is J kiss as hard as it gets? Why is the industry designed to keep the artists in debt? And why them dudes ain't riding if they party your set? And why they never get it popping but they party to death? Yeah, and why they gon' give you life for a murder? Turn around, only give you eight months for a burner. It's going down. Why they selling people CDs for under a dime? And if it's all love, daddy, why you come with your nine? Why my homie?
homies ain't get that cake Why it's a brother up north better than Jordan that ain't get that break Why you in stack instead of trying to be fly Why is ratting at an all time high Why are you even alive Why they kill Tupac and Chris Why at the bar you don't take straight shots instead of popping Chris Why them bullets have to hit that door Why did Kobe have to hit that raw Why he kiss that raw Why Towers. Why you around them cowards? Why Leah have to take that flight? Why my homie D ain't pull out his Ferrari? Why he take that bike? Why they gotta open your package and read your mail? Why they stop letting brothers get degrees in jail? Why you gotta do 85% of your time? And why do rappers lie in 85% of their rhymes? Why a brother always want what he can't have? Why I can't come through when the pecan jack? Why they crack have to hit so hard even though it's almost over? Why people can't get no Jobs. Why they come up with the witness protection? Why they let the Terminator win the election? Come on, pay attention. Why selling the stones what you can sell in the streets? Why I say the hottest but be selling the least? Why? human soul and and uh, really changed our country he doctored us he pointed the way I think he said that one thing that uh, he called racism I'll tell you what I think it is too but but he, he said racism was ignorance and 
sort of a blindness or an ignorance. And I think that uh, we Americans, uh, uh, white Americans, um, will like to be ignorant. We can choose to be ignorant. It's easier to, to not face things directly. Um, and it takes some courage, it takes some uh, change, and those things are hard. And that's why it's so difficult, I think, so slow, is that people, they're like dragging their feet. They don't want to change. Um, racism, to me, is that, in fact, but it also, like you were saying, it, it, to me, it, it rings of uh, a tone of hatred, the tone of the worst qualities that human beings can have, a blindness of, of uh, hatred. I, I think racism, we could look at the textbook definition, but my view of racism is one group of people that feel that they are inherently superior over another group of people and they do things like enact legislation. She spoke about implicit racism. This is one of the acts that I mentioned in the last segment was, or the last round of questions, I should say. In the 1600s, they made it so that the so-called Negroes wouldn't be able to arm themselves. And because they felt threatened, the people that were racist, the minority in colonial America. This is racism. This, to me, this is racism. When you can craft policies that disadvantage one group of people, redlining, gerrymandering for political purposes, and uh, let's go back, Jim Crow era, literacy tests, et cetera, et cetera. This is racism in action. Racism today looks like MAGA hats. That's what it looks like to me, MAGA hats. And there's an arrogance, an attitude, a bravado that comes along with what Kanye West said, this hat makes me feel like a superhero. Right. Because he feels like he's, he's one, of, one of the gang now, you know. And I, I, I love the, I can't wait to get to the solutions part. But <laughs> there are things that can be done. I don't, I don't want to jump the gun. And it starts by, it starts with education. And until we have the proper education, and, and the basis of that education should start as this. There's only one race, the human race. And we are divided into different branches based on skin tone, hair, culture. eye color, et cetera, et cetera, culture. And until that aspect of the whole race problem is really tackled, I don't believe that racism will ever go away. I believe that it has to start in the school system. I don't know if I'm jumping the gun here, so I'm a, <laughs> I'm a, um, but I think it, it starts at an early age. I believe that we're taught racism. I seen a video, I'm gonna end with this, on Instagram, there was a, I, I don't use the term white, and I don't use the term black. And I will get to that in the, in the solutions part. So I like to use, I'll use the term like Moorish American or European American, 
or African-American. So I seen a video with the European-American woman and her baby. So she was asking the baby, I think who ate the cookies or the baby was the only one in the house. And the baby was making up all these excuses. And then she said, I think a black man came in and ate <laughs> And then the, the baby, she had to be maybe four years old. Man. So for her to even have that within her psyche oh, man. at such an age, they say that DNA, it's been so long since I tried to word it out so don't ask me to, <laughs> is information that we pass on from generation to generation. And I believe that there's an element of the psyche of racism that gets past, this is my belief, my opinion, I have no scientific proof of this, there's an element within the psyche of racism, whether you believe yourself to be white or black, that gets passed down from generation to generation. And I believe that that's what that child was expressing. And our public school systems should take a better stance at addressing the issue. Betsy Ross designed the first American flag? It is a myth. Betsy Ross did not design the first American flag. There's simply no credible historical evidence, letters, diaries, newspapers account, bill of sales, or anything to prove that she did design the first American flag before it made its big debut in 1777. The story was concocted in 1870, almost a hundred years later, by her grandson when he told the Historical Society of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia 
that his grandmother made the flag at George Washington's behest. Hmm. Now this is time for put your mind on your soul. Yo, half a story has never been told. Ladies, you got to demand what you want and what we want is respect, right? Yo, this sit up on the track. I don't have to feel it right. Freedom every time for the sisters. Check this. Watch this. Now here we go now. Listen, if I'm poom poom rule, I be the ruler like uh, Slick Rick. Uh, uh-huh. Get with this quick witted Adidas wearing shit. Pop, we got a brand new bag. Mama got a brand new jag. A go tag. I ain't no old hat. Nah, I represent not only in the kitchen, in the bedroom, but also in the boardroom. So give me more broom. Deny my opportunity. You in jeopardy. Yo, yo, set me free. Don't hinder me. Let me be. I'm fighting for freedom. I got the heat in case you need them. Uh, straight soldier. Ain't nobody told ya. Hold up on them lies. I know your games and your plans. Do whatever you can to oppress the man. But when it's time to drop the bar, bring the folk in the soul. You say you never met a sister so strong. You're wrong now. How can we be free? It takes you and it takes me to blend together in harmony and peace and love and all of the above. Sisters coming together representing one love. No disrespect, but we gotta get it together. No matter what the weather, sisters gotta stick together. And sisters be strong. Uh, don't let them steer your wrong. Hold on, cause sisters got it going on. Your eyes can't see If you can't see what I can see That you're wrong, baby, but 
changed my life. I began to study and rediscover history. I learned how to advocate for my rights. I began to connect with a diverse group of people who cared about the same issues that I cared about, achieving justice and equality. So I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode and you learned something new. And never forget, our lives begin to end the day we become silent about the things that matter. Martin Luther King.